Vo, 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 volo. This is the Volo Show, bringing you the most inspiring interviews, stories, and ways you can take action in your community. With your host, Tony Fashano, broadcasting live from Volunteer New York, a 501c3 not for profit organization in the heart of Terrytown, whose mission is to help community members get off the sidelines and volunteer locally. From Rockland to Putnam to Westchester, everyone can say Vo Vo Volo. Everyone can serve. And that's why it's time to shout it's the Vo 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 Volo Show. Guess who's back? Back again with an amazing brand new episode of the Volo Show. Sending a big shout out to the Gales and all of y'all listening in from Iona and or socially distancing at A number one. And with an even bigger shout out to everyone who's been tuning into the Volo Show on our website or through your favorite podcast app over the last six months. Thank you. Can you believe this podcast experiment is so old? That Bitcoin was $11,000 when episode one premiered. But even so, if this is the first time you're tuning in, welcome, neighbor. Other than that, here's all you need to know. Volo is a portmanteau mashup of the words volunteer and locally. And like all great mashups, the goal here is to make sure that there's always a little something for everyone to enjoy in each episode. Sweet, sour, savory, umami... And, oh boy, will this episode deliver on that. But first, a quick message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the number 41 in the letters VSA, by which we mean the 41st Annual Volunteer Spirit Awards from Volunteer New York, VSA 2021. The biggest, most feel-good annual volunteer recognition event in our region that is coming Friday, April 9th at 9 a.m. Tickets to the main live streaming awards event are now available and free to all supporters of volunteerism far and wide. Visit volunteernewyork.org for details on how to register. So I, I was trying to keep this intro brief so we could jump right in today's featured interview with Dr. Daryl Wheeler, who has been the Provost and Senior Vice President for Academic Affairs at Iona College in New Rochelle, New York since 2018. Dr. Wheeler is a nationally recognized leader, educator, and scholar who, as you will soon learn more about, has been on the front lines passionately fighting and researching infectious diseases since the 1980s which most notably includes his work with HIV prevention and intervention among African-American, gay, bisexual, and transgender communities. Oh, and there's one more thing actually you should know about this show, is if you trust me in the slightest, make sure you listen to the end of this episode as this is an interview that just keeps getting better and that much more inspiring with each question and answer. So with that said, let's start this show. So good morning, Dr. Wheeler. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Volo Show. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. Uh, To get started, could you share a little bit for our audience about your journey before coming to Iona in 2018? Yeah, um, I've been in higher education for about 30 years. And 
Prior to Iona, um, as I lovingly say, I've been institutionalized five other times, um, most recently at the University at Albany. Um, and it's been a real joy to be in higher education. And I've had real diverse experiences in public and private institutions and being involved in um, community work in social work, public health, and specifically HIV and AIDS. As a noted scholar in the field of infectious disease, what has been your approach to navigating this pandemic we're, we're all still in, especially as you take into consideration your 4,000 enrolled students and staff and faculty at Iona? Right. Um, that, thank you. For, that's an excellent question. And um, for me, what I bring into this work within the COVID-19 pandemic is my background in HIV-related research and community work. I've been doing HIV work since the mid-1980s, and so really cut my teeth on community work and public health behavioral social work intersections, visiting patients in hospitals and trying to help their families understand what it meant for someone recovering from substance use or having mental health and also a diagnosis of HIV in that early period. And unfortunately, and many times, um, ultimately helping a family deal with the transition that occurs because a person um, succumbed to um, the opportunistic infections or HIV itself. In the current pandemic, I really strive to bring that same sense of calm and understanding what people's needs are and marrying that with what we have as current data about the nature of the virus, about the ways it's transmitted, the ways we can prevent ourselves from becoming infected. And here on campus, we've mounted what I like to think is a very successful preventative surveillance program where we're testing our students regularly, we're doing the right kind of environmental spacing and social distancing and hygienic um, care to create as safe an environment as possible to conduct our higher education mission. As an organization, Volunteer New York is very thankful for being able to partner with Iona over the past few years, and not this year due to the pandemic, to support our MLK Day of Service events where you all have offered space for our New Rochelle Volunteer Hub to take place in Spelman Hall, where hundreds have been able to gather and participate in volunteer projects as individuals and families and youth, where they have given their time to help others and tribute to the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Could you speak though to the legacy of service learning that exists at Iona? Certainly, the history of Iona as a Catholic institution is certainly connected to the church's deep commitment to service, to providing um, those on the margins, those in the greatest need um, support. And that volunteerism is a critical component of the student learning experience, whether that's through a mission ministry program that occurs um, locally or far abroad, or if it's a service learning project um, that is connected to a classroom experience where students are evolving and better understanding how to live their lives as productive citizens, but also to give back um, to their communities collaboratively. So I think um, what we do as an institution is deeply connected to what you identified Martin Luther King um, celebrations as a, as a key point, but what we do in those celebrations and um, as a higher ed institution to build the totality 
of our students and their understanding of community service and service at large. Is there any particular impact or types of volunteering that's going on in New Rochelle that you believe has had a, a particular impact? Yeah, um, one of the things that COVID has produced is, as you well know, and your your listening audience, we have the digital divide, and that digital divide has been actually accentuated, and and uncovered even more so during the pandemic for individuals who don't have stable Wi-Fi, who don't have the necessary hardware, schooling is occurring at home, students don't have a secure place to um, really learn or, or, or they don't have all the resources there. So our education department has been partnering with schools in Westchester and certainly here in New Rochelle to provide tutorial services, to provide individual student supports um, using virtual technologies. Our campus IT team has worked with our faculty and our staff to make sure that our Iona students have the hardware and the softwares they need to be able to engage in these activities. And I do believe that it's had a really profound benefit on our local community because our teachers in training, our teaching faculty are able to, again, live that mission of service and connection to both their discipline and to the work that's necessary to support our community members. In your own words, how important is volunteerism to shaping one's outlook on life, and especially for youth and as students as they are preparing to enter the world and the workforce? In my own, there is no I in the word team. Um, I think that would be my own phraseology for it. And, and why is it important? Building a sense of collective engagement, I think is the necessary anecdote to what in an extreme situation can manifest as self-absorption, isolation, lack of regard for the other, and things like service learning and a commitment to service and volunteerism are ways in which people can see themselves in relationship to others. As a leader during this time of change, both due to the circumstances of the pandemic that have been put upon us, but also the national social movement that was taken to a new level after the killing of George Floyd last summer, can you speak to the opportunity leaders have to lead in this moment? That That is a profound and I think excellent question for this moment. Um, we're living Today, we're seeing the impe second impeachment trial um, for someone who was the leader of the country. We're seeing um, the, the tapes showing some really profound and, and disturbing acts against our nation's capital. Um, you mentioned Mr. Floyd, and we can go back. Um, I, I did go back about 50 years through video files and actually came across a photo of a policeman with his knee in a woman's neck and the, the images were so stark. And so to, to specifically to your question, what is the responsibility is the way I would put it. What is the responsibility of leaders, not just the opportunities? If you're going to be a leader, you have to lead with a purpose and a cause and a conviction. And hopefully it is anchored in the right direction or compass to the right direction. And so I don't think there's any leader who shouldn't be taking on these three issues of economic, social, and health as critical 
to seeing that we are raising the tide, the boat for all and not just for some. So I, it, it is not an option and certainly not for a leader of my demographic, man of color. I cannot turn my back on the historical realities. And yes, Mr. Floyd's was just a reminder, but there are hundreds, if not thousands of Mr. Floyd's who were never known. And so these things are crucial for me to address in every opportunity I can. Touched on this a little bit, but to expand, could you speak to the importance of how we move forward and to quote a previous guest of the Volo show, Asha Curran, to not just get back to where we were, but to come out of this and really build something better? How do we, I think if anyone had the ultimately the silver bullet for that, we would, we, we would all be taking that and doing just that one thing. I don't think there is one way to do it. I think there are, have to be multiple ways focused on what it is we want to accomplish. If our goal is to dismantle the social injustices, then we each have a role and responsibility in calling these realities as the truths they are. And so we have to change the way we teach from kindergarten through the collegiate level. We have to have honest discussions about the fact that the United States as a country has never had a period when equality existed for all. We have to have a discussion about the fact that the United States was founded on violence. We have to have a discussion and a reality about the prominence of social inequality and the forces that drive it, why certain groups have and certain groups don't have. If we don't have that educational framework, then people keep creating their own myths about what the world looks like from their vantage point. And so I know that sounds like a very heavy lift, but without that reality in our dialogue, then we're, we, we all are starting from uneven playing fields in terms of what we accept as truth. Can you speak to those who may be listening who, for whatever reason, don't see themselves as leaders mm-hmm. for a lack of a representation, lack of mobility, lack of perceived opportunity? What do they need to know about the role they can play today and in our shared future. Everyone has a role to play, and I got a, a bit of a chill when, when I thought about how to respond to this, because even in, in today's discussion with you, considering myself a leader, I, I, I'm, I'm honored, but it starts with taking one step. It begins with every individual accepting and understanding that they can make an impact in some space in their world. Sometimes that's just getting up out of the bed and having a conversation, writing a letter, conveying a smile to someone because that's the best thing that is going to happen to that person this week. It's often in the small mundane activities that true leadership emerges. I think it's easy to do the big things and be in front of the camera in some levels, but it's really hard to be in the trenches and to be the unsung hero, to do this day in and day out. Um, And so I think everyone has that potential in their own space. And so if if your goal is to become a leader, then, then maybe that's not the right goal. But if your goal is to take an action that moves something or someone forward, 
then that is the, to me, the foundational piece for becoming a true leader. So on, you know, a little lighter note, could you speak a little or talk about your first memory volunteering, you know, something that stands out about realizing how you were helping others or do you remember what you were doing or how that impacted you? I'm, I'm smiling at that because it depends on, you know, my first memories. It's like I have to disaggregate my memory from my parents' memory because they tell you things that that then become your reality. So I don't know if, you know, if, if you want to get to a lighthearted. My first real uh, memory of being a leader was probably the reason I got kicked out of the YMCA at the kindergarten level because as a youth pre-K, I got all the kids to go down to the deep end of the swimming pool and had them jump in. Um, so I led people right off the edge. Um, so that was the earliest my, my mom and dad liked to tell me that they knew that there was something weird in, about me in terms of being able to motivate people to do something that the teacher didn't necessarily want them to do. What a great memory. You know, with that said, uh, there's a famous speech given by Fred Rogers accepting an award where he asked for a moment of silence to recognize the people and particularly mentors that every single person alive has had to rely on at some point in their life. Are there any volunteers or particularly mentors you would want to thank right now in this moment? Dorothy Pearson, who was a mentor in my graduate training and and I'm not gonna use a last name, I'll just use a first name, Freddie, who was the very first patient um, I saw in the HIV pandemic. And I worked with he and his family until his death. And he taught me so much um, in, in that period of us working together. Mm-hmm. And it stays with me to this day. There's, there's one question I always ask, what is one rule you always break? Am I going to get in trouble for this on a podcast? <laughs> What's one rule I always break? Huh. Probably that I always like to start with an outline and get my thoughts in order. But inevitably, um, I'm finding that sometimes I just have to dive into the work and then because I don't have the time to create the framework that I always tell my students that they need to have. To those listening who might be on the fence or have preconceived notions about volunteering or service, you know, in your own words, if you know, you could help me recruit volunteers to support uh, New Rochelle and uh, our community. Why should people sign up to volunteer? Um, ooh, it, 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 that's a very good question. And and what came to my mind as soon as you said it is, you just asked me to identify a couple of people who had a profound impact on my life and whom I would like to thank. And I don't think they created their lives for me to thank them, but that's reason to volunteer. It's because we all have an expiration date. It's somewhere out there for each and every one of us. And it would be a shame to go through your entire life and to believe that you've never touched anyone else because in that touching and helping someone else, you have profound opportunities that can never exist if you live in isolation. With that said, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience? You know, just do the good work. Um, You don't have to be a superhero. You don't have to try to be that person who, you know, is going to be on the cover of every event that 
just reaching out is a way of opening your not only opening yourself up but you will receive so much in kind in return for for engaging in volunteer efforts and service work so i encourage everybody to find a way and a place that they can to assist in that regard and to do it you know in doses that are comfortable for you while you build the capacity to do more I was in the military, and as they used to say in basic training, the graveyard is full of a lot of dead heroes. And 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 that was just to remind us that your, your job is not necessarily to try and strive to be a hero, but within you, there is the capacity to do heroic deeds. Wow. Yeah, you heard him say it. Just do the good work, folks. You don't have to be a superhero. But also, never forget that you do have it within you to do heroic things. We could spend hours unpacking this entire episode. And there were so many great ideas brought up. Like even one of my new favorite quotes, that it's in the small, mundane activities that true leadership emerges. So as we wrap up, thank you to Dr. Wheeler, but also I'm sending a big shout out to everyone at Iona and the Gales. Thank you for tuning in and for your support of Volunteer New York and New Rochelle over the years. I hope if you haven't clicked the button already, you will hit subscribe now. I'll wait, hit that button, subscribe. Make sure you know when the next episode is coming out. Let's spread this message of diversity and leadership and the inspiration of Dr. Wheeler far and wide. Everyone can say vo, 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 volo, and you know I had to drop that at least once. But guess what? There's also plenty to get excited for if you're wondering what's next on the Volo Show, as we have a few big episodes planned that are coming up and so much activity this April, which is Global Volunteer Month. So stay tuned. And P.S., if you're a fan of this show, and you've taken the time to listen to this entire episode. Well, one thank you. But guess what? And I don't mean to sneak this up on you, but you're an awesome community member who would totally enjoy our upcoming 2021 Volunteer Spirit Awards on April 9th. And there's no reason for you not to pick up your free tickets at volunteernewyork.org awards and have a blast celebrating with six of the most amazing volunteers you will ever meet while you get to hear their stories and play an important role in supporting and recognizing the importance of local volunteerism. The Breakfast is back, VSA 2021. Don't miss out on this, because it may be the last chance to tune in virtually to this annual event. So with that, let's wrap this baby up and put it under the tree. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but one day when that moment of inspiration finally does hit you and you're ready to get off the sidelines and take action we'll be here to help we'll be here to help remember that commit that to memory whether it's 2 a.m or when you're on your phone at the doctor's office our website features hundreds of the latest volunteer opportunities and local nonprofits that are seeking support every single day you could even sign up for our newsletter to get opportunities delivered right into your inbox or schedule time to speak with an opportunity specialist who will work with you until you find exactly what it is you're looking for. 
You can say what you will about a lot of things, but you can't say that we don't do what we can to make it easy for you to start volunteering. Thanks to everyone listening for the last six months. There's lots more to come over the next six months and beyond. So yeah, I guess all that's left to say is, here's where I let the jingle come in. Have a good one to all you do-gooders, wherever you are. You've been listening to the Vo, 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 Volo Show with your host, Tony Fashano. Broadcasted live from Volunteer New York, a 501c3 not-for-profit organization in the heart of Terrytown. If this episode has inspired you to learn more or take action, great. Visit volunteernewyork.org to find out how. Now it's your chance to say vo, 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 volo.